Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Do you believe that the bird in the hand is worth two in the bush? If so, what other nonsense do you also believe? Clearly, the two birds in the bush are worth twice the one bird you have in your hand. It's the mantra of the person that plays it safe. It's being handed down as conventional wisdom, but actually it's anything but. When you're holding on so tightly to the bird in your hand, thinking this is my bird, and therefore all the birds in the world could not add up to be worth more than this bird, because this bird is my bird, guess what? You only ever get the bird you have in your hand. Clearly, two birds in that bush are worth the one bird you have in your hand. Welcome to the Level Up Podcast. This is George Swift from Bigger, Brighter, Boulder. The Level Up Podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development, and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast and never miss an episode. If you've listened to any amount of these podcasts, you know every now and again I go on my little rants where I am ranting about these idiotic sayings that get handed down, passed around, quoted without anyone really challenging or questioning what the bloody thing means. I get it. I understand why the bird in the hand is perceived as being worth the two in the bush. I get it because if I let go of my little birdie and then I don't get the other two birdies, now I have no birdies and therefore I'm better off holding on to the one bird that I do have rather than risking it for the two birds that I don't have. However, nothing substantial in life has ever been achieved with that mentality. Clearly, you have to risk something in order to truly achieve something. Otherwise, we're just playing it so safe. And I do, I see it all around me. I see people playing it safe. We're so risk adverse in the world. We have so little threat to our lives. We really do. It doesn't feel like it, I know. But let's go back, you know, just a few thousand years ago. It wasn't an easy life. Go back another 10, 20,000 years before that. It really was a tough life. Go back a million years or so in our evolution and we were lucky to see the day out. So today we have a really safe life. We have a really safe way of living. And because of that, we hold on so tight because we still have the same evolutionary reaction to risk, which is anything that's a risk or a danger or a threat to us could potentially cause me to perish, to die. And if I was lucky enough to find a dead goat rotting, why would I not take that fill my arms with that, fill my belly with that, rather than wait until I got a beautiful piece of venison if the chances are I wasn't even going to find enough food to get through that day. Of course, evolutionary speaking, it makes much more sense to eat the dead rotting goat than it does to hang out and wait for the good meat. However, we don't live in that world anymore. We don't live in that kind of risk anymore. And therefore, you have to start asking yourself, how much am I really risking for how much am I willing to go for? And if I'm holding on so bloody tight in my hand that I can't dare let go of what I've got in my hand in order to grasp what else is out there and offer for me, then of course I only ever get to have what's in my hand. When you've got nothing to lose, you have nothing to lose. I always say this, when you've got nothing to lose, everyone becomes brave. The more you have to lose, the more risk adverse we become. 
If you've worked 20 years in your business and you've got yourself a nice house and your mortgage is nearly paid off, maybe you've got a little bit tucked away, a nice house, a nice car, you have your two, three holidays a year, you're in a good place. Why would you risk that? And what happens, of course, is what got you to this point was because you probably did risk things along the way. And then what happens is life plateaus out and then you stop taking the risks. You hold on a little bit too tight. And if you're lucky, you maintain what you've got. If you're unlucky, without that momentum, without that impetus, that little bit of risk taking, actually you can start to potentially lose what you've worked so hard for. And then what happens is it starts to drop and you start to see your life fall away from you. And instead of going into the risk mode where you go in and say, right, this is it. I can see where this is heading. Let's go all in on this and let's go back and do what we did. What a lot of people do is they hold on even tighter. They're holding on to the cliff face. And instead of trying to climb out, what they're doing is just holding on and hoping that they don't get washed away. The truth of the matter is you want to be out there all in. You want to be pushing for what you want in life. This is not a podcast episode to get you to take unnecessary risks. Of course it isn't. This is not about putting it all on black. This is just about asking you, are you holding on a little bit too tight and therefore you're incapable of going for what you want? I talked about this in a recent episode and I just wanted to touch on this because I saw this quote again just recently. It wasn't, it was a meme and it was the idea that a bird in the hand was worth two in the bush and my little ranty radar went off again because of course all these little sayings which are cloaked as wisdom are actually potentially the very memes in life that actually hold us back. There were ideas that get passed around from person to person through generations even that actually holds us back and stops us from being all we could actually be. Episode 248, I talked about bad money pushes out good money and I touched on this concept then. So let's have a little look at risk and reward. If I've got a bird in my hand and I'm happy with the bird in my hand and the bird in the bush is the same bird that I've already got in my hand and there's one in the bush and one in my hand, of course it makes sense to hold on to the one you have. Now, if there's two birds in the bush and both of them are equal to the bird that I'm holding in my hand, clearly there is twice the opportunity in the bush than the actuality that I have in my hand. The risk is, of course, I have no birds versus I could have two birds. But they're not the only outcomes, of course. There's actually different permutations. So if I'm going for the two birds in the bush, there are three outcomes. I either keep the bird that I have and I have the one bird that I already have. I let go of that bird, go for the two birds and get both birds. I now have twice what I had before. The other permutation, of course, is I go for the two birds in the bush and only get one of those birds. So actually, out of the three chances of holding on to my bird, getting two birds or ending up with one bird from the bush, actually only one of those gives me twice the number of birds that I have. So when you're looking at that risk, there's a risk reward there, which might not feel particularly in your favor. It's like having a three-sided dice. And I say, right, if you don't roll the dice, you get to keep what you've got. If you do roll the dice, then you will potentially double what you've got, or you'll potentially lose everything that you've got, or you'll end up with the same as what you've already got. So you're thinking, actually, I either keep what I've got, replace what I've got with the same, double what I've got, or end up with nothing. And you're thinking, actually, you know what, this doesn't feel like a particularly safe bet. And you know what, I might actually agree with you. So when we're 
looking at this risk reward, are you just trying to take £10 and double it for £20? Well, clearly the statement is wrong. The £20 in the bush is definitely worth you know, twice as much as the £10 you have in your hand. However, the £10 in your hand is worth more to you because it's definitely yours, I get it. And therefore, because of the equation I've just said and the permutations I've just said, you might not risk the £10 you have because there's only one possible outcome where you end up with twice as much of what you've got. All the other ones are either nothing or you end up with the same. But is that actually the risk that we're taking? You know, am I risking my house to either potentially not have a house, have a house that's similar to the house that I have, or to have a big house, is that really the risk that I'm taking? The chances are it's not. The chances are you're not going out there, liquidating all your assets, and then putting them all into something. Now, if you were doing that, and you decide that was the right strategy, then you just want to make sure that you are well aware of the risk you're taking, you're well aware of the downside, you're willing to accept the downside, as well as obviously hoping for the upside, and then if that's what you want to do, then go for your life, right? I mean, that is how greatness is done, is people risking everything on red. I get it. But this isn't actually about that. This is more about the little risks that we take day by day. The little challenges of putting ourselves out there in a way that leaves us vulnerable. The little challenge that, you know, I've got 20 grand in the business and I'm holding on to that 20 grand so tight, rather than investing that 20 grand into marketing or into sales or into a staff member, in order to double that money. So I take that 20 grand, I invest it in some marketing, and then with that, you know, burn the hand, burn the bush thing, right? If I put 20 grand into marketing and the marketing works, that 20 grand might make me five to one returns. I might make 100 grand back on that 20 grand. Of course, it's possible that I might lose all of that money. But actually, is it likely going to lose all 20 grand? The chances are you're going to make something between nothing and 100 grand, say. Let's just work on the assumption that five to one return is what you're going for. So five to one is what you hope for. That's the best you could get. Zero return is the worst you could get. Well, actually then, well, one to one return would give you the same money back. Anything other than that gets you more money, gets you profit. So actually, the way the scales work in our head, the switch in our head between risk and reward about what outweighs what is rarely one where we really disseminate the actual risk in front of us. What we do is we revert back to that concept of, well, I've got this 20 grand in my bank and therefore that 20 grand is worth 100 times what it is out there in the world around me. I know there's millions of pounds out there, but this is my 20. I've got half of this 20. Therefore, I'm not going to risk this 20. Well, if it's a calculated risk, it might be worth it, right? Because if I can get 100 grand back on my 20 grand or 80 or 60 or 50, 40 or 30 and still be in profit, still have more money back than what I invested. All of that is an upside. If I get my 20 grand back, okay, fair enough. I've got my 20 grand back. Now I'm breaking even. It's a lot of work and effort just to break even, but I haven't lost the bird that I had in my hand at the end of the day. Or potentially I lose. I lose it all. I lose some of it. I lose most of it. So actually... The risk-reward in the example I'm sharing with you, and again, I'm not saying you should take your 20 grand that you've worked hard for and plow it into marketing, especially without knowing who the marketing person is and all the kind of due diligence you need to do. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just saying think about how you think about this risk. That 20 grand has way more chance of making you more money than it does of being lost completely. Does this make sense? If you lost 50% of that money, you're 10 grand down. Would it be worth 10 grand to have a punt for 100 grand? I would argue it probably was. 
Would it be worth 20 grand to have a pump for 100 grand? Well, that might be the bit you're really struggling with. It might be, ah, oh, you know, I just can't afford to lose the 20 grand. I get that. Would you risk 10 grand for it? Yeah, 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 George, I'd, I'd risk 10 grand. I, I get that. I still keep my 10 grand. Okay, so let's look at the permutations. What are the chances that you're going to lose out of all the permutations between making no money and losing everything to making 10 grand off your marketing and losing 10 grand? In other words, you spend 20 and you make 10 back, breaking even or making money. The permutations are way in favor of you actually making money back by investing that money than it is in losing all of that money. Does this make sense? Now, of course, you know what you're working on. You know the risks that you're working on. I'm just purely using money and finance as one example of that. But I see businesses that are scared to invest in hiring someone. So let's say you're looking at hiring someone to do sales for you. And you're going to have to pay, let's say it's a 30 grand salary, and you're going to pay them another 20 grand commission. Now, of course, you only pay the commission if they make you any money. So you're not actually risking that 20 grand. The money you're risking is 30 grand. But is it really 30 grand you're risking? Because you're not going to necessarily keep them for an entire year if they're not making you any money. So would you keep them for six months if they weren't making any money? Maybe, maybe not. Would you keep them for three months? Well, probably you should. So maybe you say to yourself, right, you know what? I want to be seeing returns at three-month mark. If I'm not seeing returns at three months, then the chances are this person isn't going to work out. Now, again, your business might have much longer sales cycles or shorter sales cycles. You might say, right, if this person isn't making me some money in the first month, they're not going to make me any money at all. Like, I know that. I'm going to get rid of them. You might think three months. You might think, right, you know what? My sales cycles are six months, so I need to be seeing at the six-month mark some money, financial terms. However, at the three-month mark, I want to be seeing some real good pipeline and opportunity coming through because that gives me a fairly good safe bet that they're going to bring some money in the next two, three months or so. So when you're looking at that money, you're thinking, actually, well, it's 30 grand over the year. So actually, I'm only risking, let's say, three months. So I'm only risking a quarter of that. I wish I'd chosen better numbers now. Let's say seven grand, roughly. So I'm only risking, what, seven and a half grand. Now, is seven and a half grand worth the investment in a salesperson if your target for that salesperson is to make you, I don't know, 100 grand back or 200 grand back. So the salesperson could work out, and if they work out fully, they make you 200 grand return over the next 12 months. If they don't work out 100%, there's a whole scale of them not delivering what you wanted, but still delivering more than what you're paying them. Don't forget, the 20 grand commission is only paid if they hit the numbers. So if you kept them for the entire year and they didn't make any money at all for you, now you've risked 30,000. But actually, you would never let it get that far, right? That'd be crazy. Maybe you go six months, in which case you're actually only risking 15,000. And then you've got to ask yourself, what are the chances they'll do nothing in that time? They might not be in target at 200 grand or even 100 grand. Maybe they're not even on target to break even, but what are the chances of them doing nothing in that time? It's a percentage risk for sure. But when we look at the scales of probability, it's more likely they'll make some money and it's more likely they'll actually make more money than it's costing you than it is that they'll lose you all your money. Then you start thinking, okay, am I willing to risk 15 grand or seven and a half grand if you're going to go for three months? Is it possible they'll do nothing in three months? Of course it is. But it's also possible that they'll break even. It's possible... They'll not lose seven and a half grand. They'll make half of that back. So you're actually only losing three and a half grand or so. 
Or maybe they'll make you 50 grand in that time. Or maybe they'll break even in the first three months. That will show you they can make money. And in the next 12 months after that, they'll make you 100 grand or 200 grand. So again, I'm going to keep reiterating this. Do not take any of this as advice. I don't know what you're facing in your business right now. I don't know what your personal circumstances are. This is really just a highlight to you. Is the risk that you're perceiving actually the real degree of risk? Is it really true that the bird in your hand is worth the two in the bush? Well, maybe. In that scenario, maybe. Because the permutations, they don't work for you there. You know, you've got multiple different opportunities here. I keep the bird, I've got one bird. I let go of that bird, I have no birds now. I get both birds, I now have twice as many birds. I get bird A in the bush, I end up with the same amount of birds, albeit a different bird. Or I get bird B, because I lose bird A, but I get bird B, and now I have that. So when you look at the permutations, only one of those is you get to double your money. Only one of those. And because it's two birds and one bird, it's really polarized, right? You either have one bird or two birds. Well, real life is rarely like that. You either end up with one bird or one and a quarter birds or one and a half birds, or you end up with two birds or three birds or four birds. Maybe you end up with half a bird, or maybe you end up with no birds. So in the bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Well, actually, there's four permutations there. I keep the bird I've got. I lose that bird, but I get bird A. I don't get bird A, but I get bird B. Or I get both birds in the bush. So actually, out of four permutations, only one of them do I double my money. One of them I lose all my money. Two of them I break even. Does this make sense? So the risk is potentially, well, there's three out of four chances that I actually end up with the same as what I've already got. There's one chance where I end up with double and there's another chance where I end up with nothing. And what you're really doing is saying, am I willing to roll the dice between losing everything or getting everything? Well, flip a coin for your house would be crazy in my opinion. Don't get me wrong, liquidating your assets, putting it on red, you've got a 50-50 chance, not quite. I think it's like 49-51 chance of doubling your money there and then. You're never going to have an opportunity to double your assets in one spin of a ball, right? Or one flip of a coin. However, realistically, I'm not expecting you to take that kind of risk in life. But the bird in the hand, the two in the bush, is not as straightforward as that, right? Because the most likely thing is, out of all of this, you end up with one in your hand. That's the most likely outcome. All that risk, all that effort to just end up with one in your hand. When I take the money in my savings account and I invest that into marketing, only one of the possibilities is I lose everything. Only one of the possibilities is I break even. All the other possibility is I make degrees of money back. And therefore, the bird in the hand is clearly only worth half the two bushes in the bush. However, look at the permutations. It's probably worth a lot more than that in terms of the risk factor of losing it or the risk factor of all that risk to double up is just a flip of the coin at the end of the day. The most likely thing is you end up with where you started with marketing budget or hiring a salesperson or investing in a system or investing in anything in your business, the chances are there's degrees of success and there's an option to lose everything and there's an option to break even. Now ask yourself, are you willing to take the risk you need to in order to be in the opportunity and the possibility of that upside? If all you can do is take 50 grand and make it 60 grand, but you could lose it all, not worth it. But if you could take 50 grand, turn it into a quarter of a million, and there's 
whole degrees of success and there's a chance or two that you lose it all, then you have to start really working out. Am I going to play this so safe that I lose out on the opportunity of gaining the reward and gaining the upside? At the end of the day, it's your life, it's your business, it's your money, it's your investment. Do not ever take anything I say as advice on what you should or shouldn't do in your life or your business. This is really just to analyze the process that goes on inside of us as individuals, as human beings, that makes us so risk adverse that actually we don't take the chances that we need to sometimes in order to get the rewards that are on offer for us. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Again, I'm not trying to make you do anything. I'm not trying to challenge you to dare you to liquidate your assets and head off to Vegas. It's just understanding that We have to go for things that are important for us. We have to commit ourselves fully to certain things. And actually, when we do risk things, rarely are we risking everything. We're normally just risking a percentage of something. And the rewards can often be so, so much bigger. If they're not worth it, don't do it. If it is worth it, you don't want your unconscious to get in the way. You don't want this primitive, prehistoric, evolutionary animal inside of you to stop you from doing what you need to do in order to benefit from that upside. If you want to know a little bit more about Bigger, Brighter, Bolder and what we're doing at our success groups, please do go and check us out, biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. If you want to talk to us about how we can help you launch a business or take your 20, 30, 40, maybe 50K turnover business and break 100 grand in the next 12 months or so, then please talk to Tracy Miller, my partner in life and in business. You can reach her at Tracy with an E dot Miller at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. Equally, if you're already doing over 100 grand and you want to scale your business to the next level and you can see the benefit of being surrounded by like-minded peers, then again, get in touch with us, tracy.miller at biggerbrighterbolder. Go and check us out, biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. I'll put those links in the descriptions below. There's other links down there as well to help you on your ongoing entrepreneurial journey. I will see you next time. Until then, as always, be successful. business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up.